This week on the BevCast. In space, no one can hear you. What's done? We're in. All right, and welcome to the BamCast. Hey, hey. BamCast. Episode 86. Oh, my God. 86. Oh, my God. 86. Six, 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 six. So, um, I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. And I'm the Beach. And what we do each and every episode of the BamCast is we warp ourselves back to the past of bad movies. We go ahead and watch one. Then we come in here and sing its praises. And uh, then we go ahead and rate that movie. It gives one to five jocks if it's a good bad movie and an enjoyable bad movie after Robot Jocks. Robot Jocks. Or it gets one to five bags in a negative sense. If it's a bad, bad movie, stay away. As in douchebags after Twilight. Boo. You don't want to be there. And so for glorious episode 86 from 1986, keeping with our trend, uh, we watched Vicious Lips. Vicious Lips. A.K.A. Pleasure Planet. Perhaps, depending on where you are, it has if multiple names, so. and they and it says multiple years, but yeah, eighty six is generally what it's listed at. Even though IMDb seems to have changed it to eighty eight now, sure. So go figure. Yeah, it's it's around that time <laughs> when you're directing Close video. Enough. Yeah, it happens that way sometimes. Sure. So this is from our uh, our main man Charles Band in a roundabout way, yeah, and a- this was actually a uh, recommendation. Oh, from, I believe it was Trent on the Tilt Cast. It was okay. either him or Justin. So, Justin, if it was Trent, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Trent, it's if it was Justin, sorry. But either way, it was one of those two guys who yes. recommended it multiple times. Okay, well. And it, said we had to watch this. It has now been watched, and we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, it's uh, produced for, for, you know, by Charles Band and Empire uh, Pictures and directed by Albert Pune. A Banffcast alum. Yes. He actually directed Cyborg from, I think, episode nine. Yes, the Van Damborg. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a long time ago. The Cyborg that wasn't. Yeah. And uh, he may show up here soon again. Yeah. (laughs) It's a distinct possibility of We'll save that for punage. Some more punage. Punitive damages. So uh, why don't you give us... A plot summary? Yeah. Maybe? Well, we... Yeah, we'll try try a new thing. Yeah, I will say the way this was sold to us, it was... Yeah, okay. Female rock band in space. That's pretty much all you need. But here we go. An out-of-this-world girl band has a chance for their shot at the big time if they can manage to get to the galaxy's hottest night spot, the radioactive dream, in time for their gig in this campy sci-fi comedy. But first, they'll have to fight their way through a meteor field, deal with a crash landing on a deserted planet, and manage a very angry Venusian man-beast who's escaped on his way to prison. Oh, that's why he was was going to prison? Yeah, apparently he was. That was, like, was not um, made clear in the movie. Apparently he was a uh, a woman murderer who had about five thousand kills, according to Space Mechanic guy. When was this? Uh, when before they were they were stealing, uh, they were stealing the spaceship and the the mechanic guy was just talking like, "Yeah, we put him in the hole." Blah blah. He's, he's a woman killer. He's oh. a lady killer. Oh, yeah. Somehow I missed that part. Oh, it's probably because yeah. the sound was terrible. Yeah, yeah, and we were probably. talking over Most that of, a lot. Yeah. So, which we do on occasion. We do upon occasion. So, so this is, with the exception maybe of Buckaroo Banzai. I, I, we're gonna stop bringing that up. But this is by far the most '80s movie we've oh, done. Oh yeah, I think 
ever. Well, honestly, like what what people think of as the '80s kind of started right around '86. Mm-hmm. It was like all the neon, all the big hair, all just the crazy ass weirdness. Yeah, you know that when people think about the '80s now, like. Mm-hmm. Late '80s is what they generally think yeah. of. I think the, the only, cocaine. Yeah, the only thing that's like, that have come close, I would say, are Buckaroo Banzai, and that, and that one's doesn't fall squarely in the '80s because it's you know it's doing a, yeah, as we've pointed out, it's doing a tribute to older things. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, but then maybe but Night stylistically, of, but still the stylistically, stylistically yeah, definitely. definitely in the '80s. But then like Night of the Comet is like the subtle '80s, you know, the big hair and like oh my god kind of talk, mm-hmm. you know. But this is gigantic hair and synth and neon and everything you and think yet of. it's all set in space and all for some reason in space they could have just made a girl band thing trippy movie or whatever but no it's charles band so he's like oh we should put it in space because <laughs> we have the budget for that mm-hmm. i imagine that's how he talks 37 dollars. we can put it in space i want to meet charles band and if shake he, his hand i hope he's still alive i don't know I haven't. I've never looked that up. Man, his biography. I almost don't want to know. Charles yeah. Band. But uh, yeah. So uh, this movie starts and space is a dirty, dirty place. We'll we'll put it in this space. This is a grimy ass space. Yeah. So they start uh, outside of this club basically, and the the lead singer of the band is quitting, and uh, their manager who's a more annoying Gilbert Gottfried uh, kind of is like on the yeah, ground he's... begging and pleading for this girl not to quit. Mm-hmm. In, but they're in the middle of an alley. Yes. And the guy, and he kind of reminds Space me of alley. a cross between Giovanni Ravisi mm-hmm. and Gilbert Gottfried. Okay. Yeah. But that's fair. Which is a very annoying combination. Yes, he is. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so he's begging her. He's in the alley. Yeah. And, and she's and... like, no, this already made it band wants a new singer. And that's me. Screw you, I'm out of here. And then she promptly, off screen, gets in a car wreck uh, and dies. You hear, like, squealing tires and mm-hmm. and, the, and the hubcap rolling down the street, as you always hear after a car crash, when you have stock sound Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you use them all. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's dead, basically. Um, basically. And uh, we skip one scene, because Maxine, the owner of the hottest nightclub in the galaxy, uh, the Radioactive Dream... She uh, kind of looks very, like a shithole. The very, very, very first scene is very similar. A guy is ble- begging and pleading with her because his band was killed <laughs> and can't the, make the gig the next space night. Space is dangerous it for is, musicians. It is very dangerous. Just so you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she. This is why they shut down NASA. Yeah. So this is establishing that there's At an opening and, <laughs> and that there, and that, you know, the uh, vicious lips also have an opening for a lead singer. So. Mm-hmm. What does a uh, annoying guy do? I, I'm, I'm just going to call him Gilbert. I don't know his name. I don't care. Maddie. Matt. Whatever. Sure. Maddie. So, so Gilbert goes to the local high school, which just happens to be having a talent show that night, of course, mm-hmm. and plucks the very first girl he hears and says, "Hey, baby, you want to be in a rock band? Come on!" And just kind of abducts this high school girl, and, and she sings like a man. The first song, yes. The first song, she yeah. sounds like a I man. See your true colors. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, and and by the way, her name. Judy Jetson. Judy Jetson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so he kidnaps Judy and uh, kind of just drags her to this sh- other shitty club where they were just about to perform, I guess, when uh, Ace, the previous lead singer, quit on him and then yeah. died in a car wreck. And so the remaining three members of Vicious Lips 
are all busy putting makeup on and being generally bitchy towards each other and doing a lot of smoking. Oh god, yeah. A lot of smoking. They're like, hey, atmosphere, smoke. Smoke. It's lots of smoke. (laughs) Yes. And and So in the future there will still be cigarettes. Yes. Well and 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 Gilbert, uh, the manager, has these uh, curly 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 Q cigars. cigars. Yeah. They look like pigtails. Sure. So like pigs' tails. Uh huh. It's weird. They look terrible. But he smokes like them all the time. Something you would not. They want look to like smoke. they smell terrible. They probably do. They're probably supposed to. Everything in this movie looks like it smells terrible. Actually, pretty including much. the girls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, yes. It smells like skank. So yeah, I mean, he he smokes these weird curly Q cigars, yeah. and then they're but anyway, he basically yeah. yeah he inv- he introduces her to the band, says, and "Hey, here's like, your new lead singer." They're, and like, they're like, "Yeah, great, whatever. whatever." And then he goes, "Hey, your name's Ace now, by the way, because uh-huh. that's the old singer's name, and it's on the posters already." So yeah. And they don't, I don't even think we get the other girls' names. And if we do, like, they're not They don't matter. Registered. I think she calls, like, one of them Amanda or Mandy or something like that. Yeah, I I Amanda. From what I can tell from IMDb, it's Brie, Winsy, and Manda. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which one is which? I, I think Manda was the, the bitchy man-looking man. Manda was the one that looked like Boy George. Yeah, uh, yeah Manda was the Boy George. Winsy was the one that changed her look all the time with the crazy face makeup. But it had kind of a Deborah Harry thing going on. A little bit. I guess. And, and, and uh, spoke kind of with a British accent every once in a while. Right. More Australian. Like, all of a sudden, she became Olivia Newton-John for a second. A little bit. Yeah. Other times, uh, she sounded like she was a southern, you know, gentlewoman. Yeah. Brie was the one that looked, in the beginning, looked like... Uh, like Blossom. Uh, a little Blossom, Benny and June kind of action. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's the homeliest one. Sure. That's I, a, I really thought the, the bitchy that's one... That's a classy way I mean, the well, boy yeah. Georgie one was... Well, I mean, they you know, dress just, her the homeliest. Oh, yes, this, this is true. I'm just saying that the, her attitude and everything of her... Yeah, and, yeah, and Judy like, oh. shows up. Judy's wearing like a long, flowery dress thing. Yeah. She's like... Looks sort like a homeschooled of, girl, kind of. <laughs> like she's she's very homeschooled. She's going to enter the spelling bee before she sings. Yeah, yeah, and then they're like, we need to get you in some makeup. And then suddenly she looks like Robert Smith. Uh-huh. For the first song. Yes. they got the giant... Giant wig on her head, mm-hmm. all Teased sorts up of to death. makeup and that. And yeah. So she comes out, belts out a song, the entire song, in its entirety, mm-hmm. the extended remix while, while, of while the it, entire. It keeps long cutting song. away to plot bits where what's his face is Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, he's talking yeah. to uh, you know Maxine and finding out about the better gig, and so he cuts off this shitty gig. Like after one song, it says, yeah. "Okay, that's great, girl." But we like ten, go. like ten seconds before the end of the song, yeah. Well, you know. they're winding it down. Well, the thing is, this bar, this bar, the song has been going on for eight minutes. So. Yeah, and the thing about this bar is, there's like six people in it, mm-hmm. and you're not sure if it's just supposed to be that shitty a place, or if they just couldn't get anybody to show up on set to be in the bar. That's probably well. They're only like. Place. I mean, this is jumping ahead, but when we get to the the good place, the good place, there's, there's only like, like twelve people. Yeah, there's in that like place. twelve. So, so you kind of wonder. Yes, but they yeah. were also in like the cheap version of the Star Wars Cantina makeup too. A yeah. lot of them. Like there was yeah. there was Domino Girl. There was like, did you see like half black, half white? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's God. This movie looks so cheap. Yes, yes. everything about it just feels. Really cheap. Dirt cheap. Like, even more than most of our Charles Band things. Like, uh, like Zone Troopers look like it had a bigger budget than mm-hmm. this by Probably did. A lot. I mean, at least that's somebody in it you've heard of in Zone Troopers, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's like a big not. star, but this is like, nobody. No. Anybody. And nobody who ever, like, appeared in anything else, right. from what I can tell. Yeah. 
It's just like, no, you people dropped off the face of the damn earth. You like, fell in the pune trap. Yeah. Like Judy Jetson, the main chick, showed up in an episode of Matlock after that. Yeah. <laughs> that was her career. Matlock. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Testify on that Matlock. Put that on the resume. <laughs> hey, she did. It's on IMDb. Yeah. So this was obviously a big stepping stone for all their careers. Yes. But um, yeah. yeah. They So they do the one gig. Right. And then they go backstage and uh, bitchy boy George chick is just like, we don't really want you in the band. Yeah. <laughs> She's super motivational. She's like, yeah. yeah, we're just gonna find a new singer once we get there. So you so, probably shouldn't come with us. Yeah, you should probably tag along in case we you know, you're like back up. Yeah. yeah. Worst case, you're an average singer. <laughs> average. We'll hang on to you if you know. You know. Yeah. There's only one person alive when we get there. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, so they because this guy is, you know, slime ball producer guy, he has no money of course and mm-hmm. so they go to the spaceport and uh he it's uh a nice matte painting yeah he uh it's a good matte painting maybe. he ship jacks uh, uh a ride basically and which uh, has like my keys sitting yeah, in the ignition it's like, yeah it's a ring it's of keys. literally like yeah like car keys sitting in the ignition and yeah like they went over to one of the grips and said uh we need a shot of your car put the keys in it yeah, who has the most keys on their pretty much on their yeah. belt right now which looks most like a, a generic big key ring. Yeah. So he steals that, and I guess you caught this, even though I didn't. But yeah. The the, the mechanics are, are, you know, the, the guy's fueling of the ships or whatever are talking about the cargo that's in the ship they're about to steal, and it's this Venusian man-beast killer guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's locked in the back. Sure. And they actually show the diagram of the ship. Yes. Which is which has a, danger, a long yeah. tube with like a couple rooms off the side that say shower, bathroom, yeah. and then mm-hmm. the, the last room is just marked dangerous cargo. <laughs> right, I believe is what it yeah. says. But so yeah, it's a terrible ship. Yeah, so they get on the ship and then they <laughs> practice one song in space. Well, yeah, but they take off and we have like one oh, of the best yeah. awesome model shots ever. Yes, because it's very it's clearly shaking. it's like handheld. Handheld, or like over a miniature. Speak. Yeah, it might be. But when it, it might goes be wired, over a moon, yeah. like it's so close. It, it's it's just it's amazing. It's it's one of those that's so bad it had to be intentionally done that way. Maybe either that or they were just, just like, no, yeah, or if they just didn't have a picture big enough of the moon to put it over. But it just it looked it's amazing. Yeah. That's all I could say. It was it was incredible. Yeah, but well, we get a whole another full song. Which there's plenty of pauses in that every time there's a pause, we filled in in, <laughs> in space. space. In space. So play along with that at home, kids. Yeah. Uh, but, and and we'll say this about the songs. There are a lot of them, uh-huh. and they are like They're the most generic 80s. 80s songs you have ever heard. They are words that sound sort of inspirational, but mean absolutely nothing. Yep. Which like a lot of 80s and songs. And they honestly like, kind of all pertain to space. Yeah. For the most part. Well, like, like I was running through the desert of... A space spaceport, space <laughs> and I took a swim in the ocean of yeah, space. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it's like I've just you know like I've, I've come out with a thesaurus, and I'm like uh, that word, that word. Yeah, put it together. Something Lyrics. means space. Yeah, space. Celestial highway. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love is they don't really drums. they don't have a drummer. Like no, they have the one chick is kind of like the she, keyboardist. Oh, and then they have yes. a bassist, and there's a and we, they have a guitarist. We have to talk about. I was gonna say yeah, we need to axis. get into their instruments. Oh man, 
we want to make these instruments right now. I do. I kind of do. Because they're pretty much, they're kind of like guitars, but if you could imagine guitars with neon strings mm-hmm. that glow in the dark. I'm, I'm imagining what they started a, with was a headless guitar, very very mm-hmm. 80s, you know. Of course. Right. And then they stuck a bug zapper on the end of it. Uh-huh. And then put a big like cage around the bug zapper. I think it was pretty well, much straight cage. up bug zapper. No, I think that was pretty much straight up bug zapper. There was something going on with the body of the guitar. Uh-huh. But yeah, the head was just straight up bug zapper. I don't think but there was they're anything like, special there. Yeah, but they're like clear strings that mm-hmm. glow whatever color is in the base of the neck. Yeah, it's... Uh, All I know is they looked awesome. I'm thinking they, they look like nobody wanted to touch them. They probably strung yeah, up... Yeah, they, they probably didn't. They probably strung up nylon strings somehow and ran light through them. Is the mm-hmm. only thing I can think. I don't know if you hit that, it. I mean, that's basically fiber optics. Yeah, right I don't know there. if you could hit yeah. ni- nylon strings with a laser and have it do that, but... I don't know. They looked awesome. They did yeah, so, so they have the one chick practicing on the ship where even like with no power or anything, she's playing acoustic, but it's all lit up. Yeah, and and she's like, she's barely even touching it. It's just kind of don't hit it too hard. There, you know. Yeah, and she's very like, fragile. <laughs> she just moves her left hand, maybe if maybe you, a quarter if you hit inch. These every strings, you might be minute. electrocuted. Right. So, have you ever have you ever licked a bug zapper? <laughs> That's what playing this instrument might feel like. <laughs> We got this wired directly in. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I could never tell if the chick, the main chick, was actually singing or not. No, I don't think no. so. No. Yeah, I, I was pretty sure she wasn't. I, I no. think she was credited for one song. I, I think, don't think she was credited for even one. I th- I'm, I think there was one, because it was like Sue, what was it? Uh, Sue Sad. 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 Sad, yeah. But but I know I think, I think Drew Ann Perry was credited for singing one song. Maybe the yeah. very first one, when she sang like a man. I, could, Maybe. I don't know. At the talent show. But there were... Two different women that sang songs that she supposedly sung. Yeah, yeah. So they practice a song, and while they're practicing the song, Maddie decides to ignore the readout on the LED display above his head mm-hmm. that basically keeps saying, warning, warning, warning. And then object, eventually... Object incoming. Yeah, object incoming. And then eventually it says... What it says, it, big, big fucking fuck rock incoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big fucking rock incoming. Uh huh. Then it goes, danger, Will Robinson. Yep. And it says, aloha. Right before they crash. Yeah. Yep. Which he somehow jerks the ship down to avoid the giant rock about to hit him and then crashes directly into a planet. They were flying yeah. too fucking close to that moon. That's why. <laughs> but that moon was like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, well, they were going real slow, I guess. Yep. But, but so they crash land on the desert. Mm hmm. Yep. And. Thus begins the very long hanging out in the ship. Another annoying second act. Feverish dream, terrible, boring piece of crap. This yeah, part, pretty much the point where it all goes down. Actually, I'm going to use that to describe the entire movie. <laughs> and I don't think I have to say anything else until I rate it. Oh, come on now! We wouldn't have a podcast if you don't talk, BJ. I'll, I'll color. I'll color. A you bit. color commentary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to color in your book. Yeah, probably. It'd be a, <laughs> you're going to neon commentate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they crash land. Eventually, they send Maddie out to go. Yes. And basically, we were, find help on the and desert. We were planet. like, yes, at this point, because I would like, in theory, we should award him an instant award because he goes batshit crazy on the world. But, but he was but, already batshit but, crazy. But. but there's no way I'd ever give it to him because he was like the most annoying instant award. <laughs> yeah, he, he did not deserve because that did cross my mind when yes. he really when they were like 
And he's like, somebody's got to go. Well, and no, he, he started. Here's what he started out. doing. He started going like, we need ideas. Everybody get your brains together. And somebody would be like, what if we do this? He's like, just stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> I need to think here for a second. Yeah. And he's more concerned about calling Maxine Maxine than he is about actually getting the yes, ship repaired and getting out Because, of course, the communications were smashed in them. Yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah. But then it kind of becomes him wandering in the desert. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he has like cerebral palsy or something because he can't even walk right, and uh, his legs keep turning in on each all other. Dehydrated and, and yeah, whatever. Wearing a polyester suit and on in the desert. Yeah, so he wanders out into the desert, and meanwhile the four of them hang out in the ship. Yeah, and kind of act increasingly bitchy towards each other. Well, they kind of get they get band Space egos, madness. even though they play one, as you said one song. Yeah, they play one song together, and they're all like, "I'm the best there is." Yeah, I don't need you guys. Yeah. You're a failure, and I'm going to quit. Go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, and then they kind of start losing power. And meanwhile, there's the yeah, the basically thing. the Tommy Wiseau is Wiseau <laughs> is in. He's with the man beast, the, the Venusian Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, down he looks hold. like vampire Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. He's sort of woken up and like peeking out the door somehow yeah. or something and going ape shit. And then they decide they need to go down there for some reason, which well, I didn't catch at all. There were some parts the chick needed to fix. They were going to try and fix the okay. communicator themselves. Okay, so sure. she sends, of course, Judy Jetson down there to yeah. get it. And before <laughs> Judy goes down, she takes a toke of something or other. That space the other chick, Yeah, space Spweed. Space dope. Marijuana. And so she goes down to the and then God and sits there and wanders through the cargo hold for like what feels like twenty minutes. She takes the longest time to get from the end of there to the yeah, other. Just end. to open the door. And then as soon as she opens it, someone runs in and slams it shut yeah. because Tommy was so might get out. Yeah. Somehow she heard him <laughs> from the other deck. Yeah. <laughs> and then even though she's well, already it's scared a big shotgun the, yeah. style. They can it's sound yeah, carries. I'm sure. I don't know. But yeah, he's just like, oh, hi. And then they <laughs> shut the door on him. And yeah. And then, then he's, he's, and he's like, I'm in this, you know, solitary confinement uh, cargo hole. And he goes, oh, shit, look, metal grading floor. I'll just go out yeah. that way. Just rips it out. And just. Meanwhile, they're all scaring each other in the empty cargo hold. Yeah. And then they, they shake the ship and it rolls down a sand dune further. Directly into a building. And they kind of... Like which every, yeah. somehow Maddie missed the building when he got out of the ship well, and left. I'll say this. This is why the building exists. is because she climbed out of the ship and it's an excuse for them to go somewhere and not show the exterior of the ship that they couldn't afford to build. Okay. That's exactly why she got out of the ship like she yeah. did. Because it basically like stops right before the building so that she can go out the escape hatch and... You don't yeah, see anything but concrete block building. Yeah, and the way they film it, it looks like she suddenly gets out, and I'm like, yeah. was your ship built of <laughs> concrete and yeah. chicken wire? No. no, she was supposed to be exiting the ship right no. into the building. Yeah, meanwhile, Maddie has been, I wouldn't say accosted, but basically we get our gratuitous nudity of the movie, which yes. yeah. I expected more of, Redeeming to be honest. quality. Because usually when we're watching a movie and we don't recognize any of the female names in the credits. Or anybody's name. Well, yeah, but female names were like, Hey, nudity. Mm-hmm. And then we just, none, none, none. And then two unnamed chicks who I guess were cannibals or something were supposed to be. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. They I, were some fine young cannibals. Yeah. But ba- basically naked chicks. <laughs> you like, drive me crazy. <laughs> I hate you both. Yeah. So naked chicks accost him and. And then they get shot from off screen and fall over, of course, tits up. Literally. Yeah. And then, but then it's not explained. Like, who did someone what rescue to him? him or, if he die, what? Yeah, 
He's just kind of that. Yeah, right, that's done. Because then she wanders through the thing, getting chased by Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, at this point, she, when she and gets then, out, she's in the building, and there's a banner hanging right there that says "Welcome to the Pleasure Planet," thus the other name of the movie. Yeah. And then it's like it's like covered in sheets, like torn up sheets, like it hasn't been mm-hmm. used in years. Which, and, then, and then it becomes this weird fever dream. I seem to remember from Cyborg looking very similar, yeah. a scene like that. It's like this weird Scooby Doo nightmare chase Abbott and Costello well, yeah, thing. She runs from him, ends up like. Well, he's Run, like running right into him. a pack of cannibals, yeah. well, and he's like right behind her, like "Ooh, I could get you, but it's more fun to chase you." Yeah, you know. And then she runs into a group of cannibals, and they like grab her and throw her down. And we're like, "Oh God, not another rape scene!" <laughs> no, but they're all like, "We're gonna eat you." Yeah. Then they decide we're not gonna rape you; we're going to eat you. Yeah. And then, but then Wiseau comes in and uh-huh. like tackles all five of them. No, he like well, he like Nicholson sums himself through the concrete. That's wall. right. He headbutts his way through yeah, the wall, and this is like. Ah, like here's Johnny. Well, so oh hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh hi. Yeah, it's just like, and then oh, hi, somehow the rest, somehow it. immediately the rest of his body is through that head hole, and he tackles yeah. all five of the cannibals at once, and she runs off, and then she meets up with like the original like zombie ace. Yeah, the zombie version of her, and then there's like, her name back. Yeah, and then there's it's, and then she gets shaken awake by Boy George. Yeah, still fever stream. Uh huh. And yeah. then, then, then she's and like, then "Boy George gets kidnapped by." Well, no, no, no. What's, like, what's funny is like, she, like the you know, Boy George chick goes, uh, "We're a band. Of course, we stick together." Like after everything, yeah, after she's, they had just been, after, she basically stormed yeah. out and quit the band. Yeah, and then, and then, this vampire was so walks in and attacks Boy George, and it, Judy's just like, <laughs> "Fuck you out here! I'm out of here." <laughs> it's like there's that band unity for yeah, you. Have fun with the band. Yeah, <sighs> and then she was probably the bassist. They're replaceable. <laughs> yeah. So then, of course, she turns around, and that chick's dead. Yeah, everybody's dead. Everybody's chasing her into a corner where "Rockstar" is written on the wall, and yeah. R O C. She basically spends a lot of time screaming, and and then she no, gets, I don't mean it. I want to go home. Blah blah blah. And and yeah, there's one point where she just leans up against the wall, and says, "I want to go home. I want to go home." And oh yeah, yeah. then some dude in a tuxedo walks out. And he's like, "You want to go home? I'll Let's take go. you take there." Yeah, and then he I'll turns into Vampire Rousseau. And, <laughs> like, Don't worry about see, it. See, this sounds so random because it totally is. Uh-huh. Like, we just, like, there was a point where I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? I have a theory, but I'm going to save it until the end. Okay. Yeah. Just anticipation. But then she gets, so, something else happens and she gets shaken awake again, and then she's finally awake awake, and she's on an elevator with... Wearing her old dress. With Venusian man guy, but it's also the same guy that was in Maxine's club very, very brief, beginning, very, very mm-hmm. beginning, very briefly. And but yeah, he's basically like, was so, but he's all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Like his mm-hmm. hair's combed back. And, yeah. and then he's like, Oh, you passed out. You're about to go on. Yeah. She, and she's all dazed. She's like, you're, but you're so ugly. And he goes, yeah, well, so are you, <laughs> which I thought was kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Probably the best line in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's then they take her. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then, then the lights go down and they come back and up and suddenly she's... it's time for Lunar Madness. Yeah. Lunar the Madness. The big showstopper. In space. Lunar Madness. And that goes died. on. Yeah, that's the extended and 12 on. minute version but of they, Lunar Madness. But they have a drummer now and I think and on. I think they had some dancers or something cuz like some of the people from the They had yeah. some of the fine young cannibals. Yeah. 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 I think they were dancers now or something. Mm-hmm. Kind of trying to like Wizard of Oz explain why everyone was there all of a sudden. Yeah, and then Maddie's there talking to Maxine and Yeah. 
basically saying, I'm in charge now. Yeah, like suddenly he's grown band. a pair. Like he's just like yeah. talking down to Because the... everybody loves the band, sure, see, and he's sure. the manager. Yeah, so you don't know if that entire second act was just a weird dream she had. It's which basically I like, guess... it's basically like every moment, like they never probably even played the first song, to be honest with you. Right. That's what that was. That's actually my, my theory. The thing is, is it's is, all a feverish dream from the point where he drags her off stage. Yes. In the beginning. Because. Till the point where he's on the elevator. That's when the first weird shit happens. It's like he's on mm-hmm. the stage at the talent show and he's like, uh, we got a gig playing the radioactive dream. And she's like, dream. And he's like, yeah, dream. And she's like, dream. And he's like, yeah, dream. And then it goes, obey, dream, dream. You know, like, that's right. And then it's like, from yeah, that moment, she passed even, the fuck out. And we haven't got, even mentioned the quick cuts that are in the beginning. And then yeah. they show up during the whole nightmare sequence. Yeah. I had forgotten about all that. But. That's what I remembered towards the end of the movie was that that beginning part had happened where where things had gone kind of glitchy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the with the little the obey sequence. So this makes so, it even weirder because, like, not only in the first version does he kind of abscond off-world with this high school girl. Now he's absconded off world where they pass the fuck out high school girl who right. fainted and then wakes up at the at the club on some other planet hey, halfway like, across a galaxy. Yeah. You like space wine coolers? <laughs> space got, Jesus juice. <laughs> I've got as many space wine coolers as you want. Oh. Hey, you ever yeah. seen the inside of a real life spaceship? But suddenly she learns all their songs and is singing and Sure. They're a huge hit, and there's neon lights in the background and lasers. And yeah, apparently it's not really difficult to memorize how to how to sing a song. It takes seconds. It does in space. Well, when you yeah. repeat the same six lines for about eight minutes, it's yeah. not that hard. Maybe that's why she didn't learn all the lyrics. She just kind of, you know, <laughs> fucked up American Idol. It yeah, like there's a moon, and when it's full, I get lunar madness, lunar madness in yeah. space. Yeah, and then so yeah, so Maddie's talking with Maxine, and he's like suddenly like, "Hey, I'm calling the shots," and she's like, "Oh, you're so cute. I like this." And she she's about to touch his head, and he's just like, "Don't fucking touch my hair." Credits. Then bam, credits. You're like, "What?" While Lunar Madness continues over the credits, but man, yes, for the complete lack of synth drums throughout the whole movie and all their other songs, they they pile them on in the... On yeah, the they went nuts with them during Lunar Madness, but my god. Like, I still just, I don't know what the fuck to think about this movie. I don't either. There is... I think the problem is the second, the second act sucks so much, and you eventually find out it's pointless anyway, because none of it happened. Yes. And yet the movie's only an hour and 20 minutes, yet it felt like it was about two hours. It was a giant was waste of time. It was dragging so bad. All right, well, let's and, just, let's just yeah, get the rating. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll discuss our overall thoughts as we rate. Oh, man. Two bags. Hmm. Mm. Fuck that movie. Mm. Hmm. I'm very Fuck close that movie to you, dude. And it's butt. Hmm. And it's cat I, I'm butt. still trying to decide between a two and a one. Because definitely in bags, though. Yeah, I think the problem is like there would be some cool stuff if there were better characters, but as it comes off, kind of nobody in the movie is likable. No, because even though Judy, you're trying, they try to make her in the beginning. Eventually, she basically says, "Yeah, I'm gonna fuck these guys over if I find something better." Yeah, which kind of destroys any of that. Right. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going two bags. 
I. It's not. Th- worth. There's potential for good stuff here, but it's just so squandered. It's overshadowed by randomness for the sake of randomness. But there's something said for Vampire Space was so. Yeah, I, that's I, why it's not them. a three. Yeah, I, chasing I them there's, the there's some good in it. I think I'm going to go with a jocks. Actually, I mean, just really? because oh, like you can be wrong. It's, it's okay. just it's just so weird that it almost. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. Part of me wants to watch that again just to try and figure out like all the quick cuts and all that stuff in the beginning. Yeah, but that's it. I just like I, I get the feeling after I watched it a second time. I would never, ever, ever want to watch it again. Yeah, I, just... I don't want to watch it a second time. I don't. I want to have not watched it a first time, really. But yeah, it's like I know the second time though that I can watch all the weird cuts in the beginning and then fast forward through the second act completely. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't overstate how annoying manager guy is. Yeah, you know. Maddie is a pox on this. Movie. I didn't even think he was the like the worst thing about the movie. Yeah, but yeah, I just, think how mean they all bad, are to each other. Like, you get the feeling nobody likes each other at any point. Yeah, I just, I, I can't. Even the even the chicks who are supposed to be friends kind of seem to hate each other. I don't know if I, I don't like, know if just I'm just sick of being yeah. around each other. I don't know if like the, the couple of things bitches. that I like are should push it into to Jock's territory, but I feel like it's just it's kind of like barely got to eke there because there was a couple of like genuinely funny weird things like the. You know, like you're ugly. No, yeah. So are you? Just the nonchalantness that that was yeah. said, and the don't fucking touch my hair. Just like little little bits of but those are interesting. Just little. Yeah, and I mean, the sign that it almost like it pulled itself up a yeah. little bit just with the LED readout going big fucking rock ahead. Yeah, there's just something kind of weird and they're just interesting about this. Wasn't enough of that to get it to to get it up. Yeah. Our um our yeah. space producer, silent space gen. Well, of course she's silent. She's in space. Exactly. Um, <laughs> gives it three space bags. In space, no one can hear you bag. Right. So, yeah. That's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I can't yeah, recommend it. It's not it. like a one jocks is a glowing recommendation, but yeah, I, I just can't... For this movie, one jocks seems like a like a generous it's maybe contribution a little generation. there. Because like I said, I think I think given the right... Like I had fun watching it. Like I didn't get that bored. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily judging strictly yeah, on the low movie threshold for fun. We were <laughs> laughing and having fun. That's I don't know. Generally, there were there were some parts where the we middle were, yes, but yeah, the I, middle the, forty minutes. The was middle kind of killed fucked. all momentum for me. Maybe some middle sixty minutes really. But okay. yeah, I, I yeah, that one hurt. All it right. really did. And also, I want to say the poster completely misleading. Yeah, I haven't even really looked at the poster. Poster's got them in like space beastmaster outfits, pretty much. Oh man, space master. Yeah, but no, they're just wearing like dresses in eighties fashions, pretty much, with gigantic wigs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so no thanks, man. Yeah, I knew right. I knew we'd end up bagging eventually in the eighties. Sure. I just I don't know why I didn't think it would be this one. Didn't we bag last chase? No, I think we low joxed it. Did we? I think it was like one or two jocks. Low jocks. Okay. Low jocks. It was in that that terrible average area. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is in the even more terrible <laughs> average area. So let's get on to happier stuff in the second half, huh? Okay. All righty. Let's take a break. 
All right, welcome back. Second half. Hey, hey Bamcast. Second half. Woo. Hey, we have some movies. A lot of movies to talk about. We'll we did. Well, to we, took a, we took a couple weeks off. Yeah, it, which is probably good because some shit went down. I can't imagine the reaction we would have had to that movie if we had watched it a week after Invasion USA. Oh yeah, like immediately. Be like we'd all be probably like, would have murdered. Bag. They said the words Forbidden Zone. It's in there. <laughs> forbidden <Yeah>. Zone. <laughs> Fuck this movie. It's terrible. Yeah. But anyway, so we took some time off. Yeah. Saw a lot of movies. We'll keep our discussions on a brief, but we yeah. all did see Transformers, mm-hmm. so we'll get to that. But we got some voicemails, don't we? Uh, we do, so Woo-hoo. let's play them. One we got uh, now going on. We got it like right after we recorded last time, so uh, it's from uh, Kurt the Rock in Bangkok. Hey, Bamcasters, this is Kurt from Bangkok. I hope you get all this because my Skype is a little touch and go these days, but... Just wanted to give you a call let you know, I checked out a movie you recommended from a long time ago. It's called Racing Dreams. Uh, it's a documentary. I, I just saw it last night. Great, great movie. I loved it. It's the kind of movie I really enjoy seeing, and I would have never heard of it if it wasn't for your podcast. So, hey, guys, thanks a lot. I can't thank you enough for that. And interesting, executive produced by Dwayne The Rock. Johnson, who played a diplomatic security agent in the most asking movie this year. So, hey, double thanks. Uh, second point, dudes, go easy on Peter Weller. He's a cool guy. He comes from my home state of Wisconsin. He played Robocop. He played William Burroughs. And he had a Ph.D. in Renaissance literature. He teaches classes, I think, at Syracuse University, maybe UCLA, either one. You know, dude's a Renaissance man. Go easy on him. Come on. He's a cool dude. Anyway, um, third point, hey, BJ, sorry I missed your birthday, but uh, I put a little something in the mail for you. You get it from Amazon. I hope you don't already have it. Um, that's all I got. Dudes, you know, let's not end this on a negative note. Peter Weller aside, I love the work you do. The happiest point of my week is when I download your podcast. So, hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for the work you do. You know, um, you're awesome. Take care. Amigos, sweaty cock. Sweaty what? Sweaty caca. Oh no, I think it's. I'm not going to try to say it, but I got to say, I think I, I, Kurt. I think, that is the best positive note to end on. It ever. is. He's like, just like you guys are awesome. And you know what? I have. An You're awesome, awesome, Kurt. I yeah. I think like, Kurt, Kurt talk, has has Kurt talk tie. That's what it is. Kurt yeah. talk tie, real good. He has awesome like super spy job in Bangkok mm-hmm. with hot Irish pub waitress bitches <laughs> but the best part of his week is our podcast and that makes us feel good uh-huh it does really good it's kind of awesome so it is guess what showed up today coincidentally enough courtesy of the amazon it's the um, ticking package from amazon yes. prime tick, tick, boom. <laughs> amazon primed yeah <laughs> nice um no, no uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh kurt the rock or the rock kurt kurt um, who you guys just heard, uh, sent me a uh, copy of the Blu-ray of Alien Anthology. That's what it was, Alien Anthology. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. they dropped the fake word quadrilogy yeah. and went mm-hmm. to a normal word like anthology. Yes. Um, it's regioned kind of weird, so it'll be... I'm really hoping it, it plays in the in the old Blu-ray player. He probably knows this stuff. What? He probably checked. I'm sure he did. Yeah. yeah. But, you know... But hey, you get... One of my top five movies of all time. Yeah. In Alien. So I'm excited. I will get to see it in all of its uh, high definition glory sometime probably this weekend. I'll laze around the house and 
that is a pretty awesome present. It is. So thank you very much, Kurt. Um, you win for uh, for Bamfcast fan birthday presents. <laughs> <laughs> Grand champion. Grand champion. One year yeah. running. So um, uh, now going on to the Peter Weller thing. Yeah, Peter Weller. Am I the only one that's seen Naked Lunch? Have you seen Naked Lunch? I've seen Naked Lunch. Okay. PJ? Nope. nope. Okay. I don't know how they even... like. I, I still don't know why they even tried to film Naked Lunch. Okay. And how they even kind of succeeded. Cronenberg? Uh, yeah, I guess. But that's just like... Come on. That's like such a degree of difficulty to make a movie of that. Yeah. I still think that's his... That's... Besides, well, okay, that and RoboCop are the two roles he was born to play. Yeah, RoboCop, I think, out of all of them. But I think he worked really well as that. Yeah, yeah. but I will say Chuck made a comment about that uh-huh. on the uh, website where he said the problem is that he's an actor type, uh-huh. actor in caps, who got pigeonholed into genre work, so he's never been able to generate that kind of uh, the excitement that genre films kind of need. Sure. So I could see that. Yeah. But, you know. I'd say Peter Weller's done pretty well for himself. I think he's just one of the people we like to make fun of his speech pattern. That's more than anything. We're not really trying Yeah, we're not to, very good at impressions, so it's fun to be able to do it. We're just trying to pick do on. a one-third decent yeah. Peter Weller. But it's just, he's just a fun guy to try to talk like. We're not really trying to yeah. knock him so much. And you know what? And he was kind of awesome in Leviathan, so. Yes, he was. I'm not going to knock him. Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready to move on. Sounds good to me. Okay. Next All right. Voicemail. All right. From Ed. Ed Buh. Hello, gentlemen. Ed Button here. Ed B87. Whatever you want to call me. Anyway, uh, I tried watching an awful movie the other day, and I figured you guys would enjoy it. Actually, probably not, because it was so damn bad, it made me want to hurt little children. It's an Uwe Boll film. It's called Rampage. It's on Netflix Instant. If you get the chance, give her a watch. That is if you hate yourself. <laughs> wow, <laughs> all right. Like I'll just <laughs> then we got the other away. kind of ending. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ed. Now, um, see, this is interesting that he would rate this movie as such because we got an email a while back actually asking if we were ever going to do an Uwe Bowl type movie, and they suggested we watch this one as an example of good. Hmm. They said watch Rampage because it's different than everything else he's ever done, and that he tried to make a good movie. Yeah, he's just... I don't know how we avoided him for so long. Yeah. It's just weird that it's just kind of worked out that way. I so, think the, I think the closest we came is one night we're all hanging out, and wasn't it so, Alone in the Dark came on, so like, Sci-Fi Christian Channel? Christian Slater one? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know, I, I don't know why we haven't done one. We'll have to know. do one soon. The few we're we're going to have to get it out of the way. The few minutes we saw that, I was kind of like, I really wanted to watch more of that. Yeah, if it had been on instant Netflix, I probably would have. <laughs> just yeah. And Rampage is. Postal, I just, yeah. I don't think we can do it. I think it's just, at this point, the, the beast the beast had become too self-aware. So, I mean, with Postal, so he just, he yeah. just knew what he was doing there. He's like, I'm a terrible director, so I'll make a... Terrible movie from a terrible video game. So is Rampage the only one that people have recommended so far? It's just in that it's the one where he tried to make mm. a good movie. And they said, whereas his others would just be flat out awful, this might could rate a two or three star in a normal rating situation. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't we'll know. see. We'll, we'll do see. one eventually once we're out of the 80s, I yeah. guess. If we have to. Yeah. So. So. We all saw Transformers Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. 
<laughs> Thank you, Ozzy. You're welcome. Thank you for the Stan Bush added flavor for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't spoken a, with you about it, BJ. What did you think movie. of Transformers? Uh, putting you on the spot here. Well, buddy. it was the third in the series. <laughs> um, it had some robots in it. <laughs> it contained robots and action and explosions. Mm-hmm. No touchdowns. Uh, no touchdowns. I was there a cowboy in, in it? I can't remember. Mm, that guy's Buzz kind of, Aldrin. He's kind of a sure cowboy. Space, a space cowboy. Space cowboy. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah, thank cowboy. you. Thanks, we thanks. Yeah, get, get the it. reference. Um, <laughs> shut, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> it was better than I expected because I kind of expected shit. Um. I expected shit, and I got it. (laughs) I mean, it was... All right. It's a movie that is based on a toy. So was G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe wasn't... uh, G.I. Joe was great fun. Uh Uh-huh. But it wasn't very good. It's not Mm -hmm. good, but it was comprehensible. Okay. Well, here's my thing. It's a three-hour fighting fucking robot movie. With some massive fucking explosions. Uh-huh. Yes. The city of Chicago gets torn to shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a reasonably hot babe to look at for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf is not as bad as he's been. Mm, he's worse. No. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> is a fucking atrocity. I thought I didn't think he was as bad as he'd been. God. He didn't... I'll say this. He didn't annoy me as much as he had annoyed me before. Maybe it's Wait, conditioning. The part with the watch didn't... Because honestly, like it was dumb, but it like, yeah. When, when that part kicked in, I, don't I remember know, I've muttering seen Indy to myself, 4, "So it doesn't." Yeah, that's nothing true. surprises me. Yeah, from he's him. not fighting monkeys in this. Yeah, one, but, I mean, but still, he like fight when, monkeys, he's just swung, swung uh, with them. But when he's when he rolls over that table and is doing his spaz out thing, I just remember sitting in the theater saying to myself, "I fucking hate you, Shia. Why do you ruin everything you touch?" You know, all right, I'm not defending the kid, but he was probably told to do some of that shit. I know. You know? I know. And maybe, like I said, maybe it's just conditioning. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm I'm getting used to whatever it, it is. bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit, but it wasn't as bad to me mm. as it was before. Um, but the movie checked off a lot of the things that I like, and uh, in a story stupid summer action movie yeah and i didn't have to pay for it nice three years run or Nicely three done three transformers movies running yeah well i i think the thing that i had with it Shit, is, it was a good time it was long yeah I, it was a good time i ended up giving it a c plus i remember when i came that out sounds where good. i was like you know because i i appreciate the fact that in the last hour or so they just went straight out disaster movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with chicago and just I wrecked the shit out of it. It all of a sudden occurred to me exactly how I would rate the Transformers movie series. How's that? The human parts have gotten exponentially worse. Yep. The robot action parts have gotten exponentially better. Yep. And I think that this one, like the entire first half of the movie is is almost all human parts. Like, like seriously, the, like the and almost the entire, terrible. like the first half of the movie. I mean, there's, there's like one or two flashes where they apparently have the Autobots out kicking terrorist ass for some reason, which is kind of 
yeah, I, I'm cool. just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, it's just, it's just weird. But like, they do these, like, good thing. They oh yeah, shit, we're Iraq. we're making a giant robot movie. We should probably show them every once in a while doing giant robot things. Yeah, I, and I then, just, and, and then it's back. Okay, back to the wacky. Let's throw every fucking actor in Hollywood into this movie for no reason. I parts. really wish they'd cut John Turturro out of this. I movie. wish they cut Ken Jeong. They should cut. Should have cut John Turturro. He wasn't as bad as he was in the last one. John Turturro yeah, in the I second John one. Turturro was. He was worse. worse. This one. He, well, it annoyed me more. Here's the thing: is like we know what we're getting with these because really, all three of them have been pretty much similar, mm-hmm. other than small tweaks, you know, in how the action's been filmed. But all throughout, Michael Bay has no comedy timing. He doesn't know how to direct anybody to do comedy. So whenever they keep trying to force it in, it's fucking painful. And I think that's what drags those movies down so much. And I think why there's so much hate for them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like sheer action goes, this one's by far the best because you can actually, for the most part, tell what the hell's going on. Yes. As opposed to the first one where I would like had no clue. Could not follow any of it because the designs are so complex. Yeah. The first one still has my favorite action shot, which I've talked about. Yeah. But that's just that one shot. There are some pretty cool ones in yeah. this one, though. But... I, you know, it's it's one of those cases where you know what you're getting, and I think so many critics just got them, and so many people too, just got themselves so fucking riled up before they went into the theater, and mm-hmm. they're just like geared up to hate it. And I, I can understand why, but I just, I I don't like the whole "Wow, this is terrible," "I told you it's terrible" type thing that happened with these, because yeah. it's like everybody knows exactly what they're getting. And I just, you know, I just like I said, the human, the human parts. I were, don't watch The Wire expecting comedy to break out. Yeah, you the, know, the human parts were just even worse than like yeah, I they, they could are have imagined. I, I, you know, it's like I, I don't know. I guess I was kind of setting myself up for that, and I was like, God, just time after time, just, just shoot Shia LaBeouf in the head and <laughs> uh, stop. I mean, it was kind of funny for like five minutes of of Ken Jong just like showing up acting gangster or something i don't yeah. you know well, that was just it was just, it was weird it was just misplaced comedy yeah it was just that's weird and but that's I mean, what all like, the comedy in these feels like is just misplaced I, I think i think i would liken like the ken jong performance to like how i felt about vicious lips where it's just like i'm kind of baffled that this is ex- happening so that it's, i'm almost kind of chuckling because it's like what the fuck am i watching like it, why yeah. is he well and malkovich yeah like, it's taken me a week to remember what ken jong actually did and i'm sad that i just remembered it yeah, because that was a terrible like that entire portion was terrible, shitty shit, shit stained shit. Shit. Yeah, what's kind of sad is I think Malkovich is the only one that actually pulls off the comedy, which is really bizarre to think about. But he kind of the does. first time he shows up, yeah, the first time. time but yeah. yeah, then when he shows up to look at Bumblebee or whatever, and then vanishes from that point forward, yeah, like from his. The movie. Yeah, he he. They ran out of days to shoot him, so they're like, okay, well, I guess John's out. Thanks for showing up, yeah. Malkovich, Malkovich. And Francis McDormand just—I don't know why she even signed up for this movie. Yeah, like, boat. Yeah, she doesn't need boat money. She's yeah, she married does to not a Cohen needs brother. Boats. <laughs> she wants her own boat. No I boats for her. Yes. I don't know. I, I still enjoy it. Transforming boat. My issue now is Trans I don't boat. know whether to recommend people see it in the theater or not. Because I mean, and probably if you've wanted to see it, you've seen it already. Yeah. But it's one of those cases where. 
that actually does lose something going to a smaller home theater screen. Sure. Yeah, I guess. Especially in the sound. Yeah. Because the sound in that movie was pretty freaking awesome. If you have a decent, like, five dollar or cheaper you know some places still have quote-unquote dollar movies you know maybe they're two or yeah. three dollar movies but if you have one that has a decent size screen and good you know decent mm-hmm. sound i'd definitely say if you even remotely curious yeah hit it for fairly cheap but yeah but you definitely don't need to bother with 3d no we we did just because it was like the timing yeah. was there and we're like fuck it if we're gonna do this just do it you know i i just at this point i'm i'm I don't know. It's like I feel like the terrorists have won every time I go see a 3D movie somehow. Yeah, and always by the second half, I just keep forgetting I'm seeing 3D. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of 3D. Right. I watched uh, Tron Legacy mm-hmm. again, and that is the first time I've ever been like, man, I wish I had a 3D TV right now. Oh, wow. Because... So was it too bright? <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. But no, but that movie just... God, that movie looks so good. It is pretty. Yeah. And and I liked it just as much the second time, so that's a very, very good sign. See it again. I can, I can see why people time. don't like all the mumbo-jumbo that's in it, but it's still just visually at the very least. And then that's another movie with just really awesome sound, too. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, just watching that whole, you know, once they go into the Tron stuff into and, the Tron. and the 3D kicks in, I was just like, Oh, God, I wish this was in 3D right now. And it's one of those cases, too, where the credits are really hard to read when they're not in 3D. <laughs> okay. I know it's sad to say that, but yeah. you remember how like the, all the wording was way up in the foreground and all that, all those lines and stuff were in the background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2D, it's kind of hard to read any of that. Mm. So That's what IMDb's for. Yeah, right. Doing 2D in post-production sucks. <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah. But no, I still really like that movie. So hmm. I'm glad I bought it. Excellent. And I have, and I have a set that has a 3D disc in it. So one day, one day, I will be able to watch Tron Legacy in 3D. But not for a long time because I'm not upgrading my TV anytime soon. Good plan. Yeah, I think so. I also watched Night and Day, which you loan me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend and I watched it. I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I would. Okay. I don't. I kind of. You said it was really average. You I, compared it to Salt, but I liked it a significant amount more than Salt. So it actually kind of works. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I, I wasn't. I was surprising. just saying, like, I was. Yeah, it's better than Salt, definitely. It's just, it's still kind of average. It's, it's throwaway. Yeah, but I like that it's also a throwback, kind of like to movies like Charade, where it's like mismatched couple, globe trotting type, just. I don't know. It's one of those kind of movies they don't really make that much anymore. And like, you know, like something like Trouble with Charlie was just freaking terrible, which was a remake. Well, of yeah, that's but a, just straight up remake. That, yeah. No reason for that to happen. Yeah. I, th- I think the last one like that that's probably really fun is the Thomas Crown Affair remake. Yes. That movie's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I, I just. The thing, I don't like Tom Cruise as a person, but I can't think of any movie where I was like, God, I hated Tom Cruise in that. I always seem to like him, and he's really a fun, sarcastic character in that one. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the kind of role he needed to play. It was like off kilter, but sort of sure of himself at the same time. Where you're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, he's he's kind of crazy. Well, and he does kind of balance. He's aware of it. He does kind of balance the whole: is he really just out of his damn mind, yeah. or does he know what he's doing? Yeah, it's just it's one of those like 
I think if he'd walked into the theater, it probably would have worked even better because that was like his first debut back after like the world just kind of going, mm-hmm. okay, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. That, that, that one's just got some weird pacing though, because yeah. there's a point where you think it's over and it's like, nope, we got a whole other act coming just so you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but no, I, we both really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would definitely watch it again. I think. All right. Yeah. Do you want me to just keep going? Because <laughs> well, I yeah, you, you, watch, you watch more movies. I mean, I, you want me I mean, to break it up? I, I watched, yeah. What do you watch? I watched two documentaries. Um, strangely, uh, one you may have heard of, and one you probably never heard of, and the one you probably never heard of is the one I would recommend more. Okay. Uh, they're both wrestling documentaries. Wow. Yes. Right up my alley. So one of them is Beyond the Mat, which actually made a little bit of you know notoriety out there in the documentary circle. I have heard of it. Okay. Um, it's strange because I don't enjoy documentaries like that as much anymore. Like that kind of, I think the reason it got the buzz when it got it is it's very Errol Morris in the documentary where it's just not very focused. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, they're kind of related, but we're not really going to tie it together. So it's kind of done. It's mm-hmm. just, there it is. Yeah. It, it's interesting, but, and it, and it's, uh, there are bits of it that are very interesting because, like, I don't, you know. Now, what is it about? Wrestling. It is. A, Other than wrestling. It, and going beyond the mat. It, it kind of covers the full spectrum of, of behind the scenes of wrestling from this guy who runs a, you know, wrestling training school mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And this is sleazy, like, runs wrestling matches. So it doesn't really it. follow any one wrestler. No, it, like it shows, like, a little bit about this guy who runs runs wrestling matches in a gymnasium. Mm-hmm. All the way up to like they got access behind the WWF at the time, WWE now, mm-hmm. and interviews with Vince McMahon and things like that. And covers this was still like when ECW was just starting up too, was when mm-hmm. they made this documentary. So they kind of followed their meteoric rise, I guess. Uh, now, what's I think the things that are the most interesting about it is like they they do a big section on Jake the Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. and holy fucking shit, is that guy's life. Like, he might as well be Mickey Rourke and The Wrestler. Really? He's got a fucked up life. Like, he's a crack addict and, like, still trying to wrestle. And, yeah, it's just, it's, like, really sad. Yeah. But, um. So it was an uplifting documentary. Yeah, it's it's really not, because it also follows. About the happy times. Also follows Terry Funk and, you know, he's, like, 50-something and still trying to wrestle and shit. And, yeah, it's hmm. weird. But, like I said, it's got interesting things that contain within but as a documentary it's just a little too scatterbrained now the other one we watched is actually a straight up wrestling documentary about uh bret hart and mm-hmm. uh there was a famous incident where he got screwed over as he was trying to retire from wwf got screwed over and it's leading up to that it was just like it was just weird they were just kind of following him around and following his life and it mm. happened to end what's docu- the name of this one uh it's uh what's called like bret hart i think it's called like wrestling with shadows okay is the subtitle of it and um like the, the bret hart so they follow like him that. after he got screwed no over, no or like they were like following him up to the point that that happened like i i it's weird like that's they almost, weird yeah is this like a vince mcmahon setup thing <laughs> i don't or? think so i don't really i really don't think it is so it's just one of those really yeah it does this, <laughs> one of those coincidences this, where's the guy where the guy's making it we're like oh thank you god well here's the weird thing is like they filmed all this and like all this happened and then uh like a few months after they finished was when his brother got killed 
mm-hmm. you know, doing the wrestling stunt. Mm-hmm. So it's like a real, real weird timing in this guy's life when this happened. But I knew nothing, you know, I'm not like a super crazy wrestling fan, but it was very interesting to see normal people doing normal live types of things and really showing how much of an asshole like Vince McMahon is and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So if you're, if you're even remotely interested, I, I'd say they're, they're fairly interesting. They're both on Netflix. I think beyond the mat is about to go away. Uh, where it's it's slated to expire August first, but a lot of times they bring them back. You know, it's just they haven't signed the contracts or whatever. But that's why okay. I decided to go ahead and watch watch the one. And I was like, oh shit, this is maybe kind of recommended. Well, yeah, it's re- recommended and it might expire, so I'll go ahead and watch it. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot to even acknowledge uh, Racing Dreams. Mm-hmm. And Kurt mentioned it. Oh yeah, yeah. Glad you liked that. And I completely missed the whole Rock connection. <laughs> yeah. But oh. yeah, that movie. I still haven't seen it. Uh, I, I did add. Has it, it ever showed up on Netflix? It is on DVD. Yeah, DVD it's, only. That's weird. It's supposedly the Blu-ray is coming out later this year, maybe. Hmm. So anyway, okay. Well, but it's on my queue now and moved up higher. Yeah, but glad you enjoyed it, Kurt. I'm ready to watch it again. Actually, yeah, I'm ready to watch it for the first time. Yeah, watch I, it at again some point. for yes. the first time. <laughs> like I said, I, I, strangely, you probably never heard of that Bret Hart one, but it's it's a pretty good. I like documentaries like that where. I would liken it maybe to like a King and Kong thing where it's like, it just happens to be, they were filming something and it has yeah. a beginning, middle and end kind of thing. Yeah. It has a storyline. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. That's cool. So, yeah. So continuing all the freaking movies I saw, mm-hmm. uh, girlfriend and I got in a Western mood. So we watched fistful of dollars. Yeah. And man, I had forgotten how good that movie is. I have not watched that one in quite a while. Oh, that, it is so good. So good. And I've realized that, you know, I li- I love a lot of very visual directors, but Sergio Leone might be my favorite just in the way he composes shots and the way he, the way he moves through scenes is just, it's, it's just kind of amazing. Like thinking that that stuff was almost 50 years ago, yes. but you know, and, and even though I love guys like Malik and Junet and, other very visually stylized guys. I think Leone still might be my favorite. Yep. I don't, but, I don't know if I like a better, yeah, visual style just because, uh, there's a film teacher once told me, it's like most people, they say, give me a close up, and it's the person's face pretty much, fl- you know, filling the frame. Mm-hmm. Leone's version of a close up was like eyes and the bridge of the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said you're going to get close. We actually watched some of the making of stuff, and it was because of the cameras and film that they were using. They were Mm -hmm. able to get focus on those sorts of shots, which Mm -hmm. most cameras you couldn't at the time. So that it kind of was one of those happy accidents that they he could actually do that. Right. Yeah, but and you also realize how much Tarantino apes from him all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just watching any of those, you're like, yep, okay, yep, okay, yep. Yeah, but yeah. And my girlfriend loved it, so. Hooray! She's definitely yay. a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the test, just barely. She's giving me the thumbs up, so I thought I would get a dirty look she, for that comment. She also thinks she's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> the judges agree. I agree. But yeah, after that, we watched uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice. Man, I forgot there were some really good explosions in the beginning of that movie. Mm-hmm. Like when they blow up that train car, holy crap. I feel sorry for those stuntmen that were standing right there. Because that's like the dude in Invasion USA that's sitting at the table that just gets blasted out of the frame. Those guys, they had to have splinters in their face or something. But yeah, that that 
that movie's weird. Like, I really like it, but it's weird. I know. It's because, got some strange pacing issues. Yeah, the pacing is freaking bizarre, but that's one that gets by so much on the strength of the dialogue that's written, and then just Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And I've also forgotten how much of a dick Robert Redford is in that movie. <laughs> he is. He is just a complete asshole. Did that, that came out, was that the 60s or early 69. 70s? 69, okay. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I would liken that to that era's Tombstone. Because, like, it's probably, like, the, one of the best, like, popcorn-style westerns mm-hmm. of that era. Yeah. It gets I mean, com- there's so many good running jokes in yeah. it. You know, who are those guys? And Yeah. It, it gets... But, it gets... It kind of skirts that line of, like, real, honest-to-God western, but it, it just has some weird tone in the fucking Burt Bacharach score. Yeah, and, I was about to say, Burt Bacharach. As soon as that came on, you know, because it's weird because so many scenes, there's, like, just dead silence. You know, there's no soundtrack. There's mm-hmm. just the sound of horse hooves or them climbing through the brush or whatever. And then all of a sudden you got like the raindrops keep falling on my head scene. And, <laughs> yeah, <Jesus>. uh, yep. <sighs> and I, that's, it's, I like it, but it's so weird. It's really, it's still like, it's, it's such a unique, it's own thing. Yep. And the sepia tone intro and then the sepia tone montage in the middle. And yeah, yep, it's strange. But, of course, it's got an awesome ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very iconic ending. Speaking of the ending. Oh, the ending. What? <laughs> Segways. Oh, oh, there boy. we go. I watched Way of the Gun, which I think I started to watch and maybe fell asleep Is sometime 50 before. Cent's Way of the Gun? No, it's Ryan oh. Philippi and Benicio Del Toro. Oh. And James Caan. And James Caan. And the late Dinosaura. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but no, the reason there's a segue there is the finale of that movie takes place in the same Mexican hotel where they filmed the finale of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the names that the characters give themselves in the beginning are Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid's real names. Because mm-hmm. they, they just say, let's just call ourselves this. And they don't go from there. They make zero reference to Butch Cassidy ever again. Yeah. Man, I, I it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but that's... There's a lot of people in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a like, fun... like, isn't it? Nikki Cat and Tay Diggs are the yeah. I was about to say the hitmen or whatever. It might and... be the first time I've watched a movie with Nikki Cat in it that I didn't want to just jump through the screen and strangle him. He's not on very long though. He's no. not in it that much. No, not not a whole lot. But I kind of didn't mind him where he was. He was. He's actually. I don't know. He's he's got a decent amount of time in it. But yeah. But when you like, I just know whenever James Caan is in that movie, I'm like, God, James Caan needs to be in more movies. Yeah. Because that guy is so awesome. In that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> what Which, Ryan Phillippe. My God. In in retrospect now, what an amazing opening scene. Not only because of what he gets to say, but who yeah. he does it to. Yep. Do you remember who it was? Sarah Silverman. Yeah, Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Decks the shit out of her. <laughs> Holy God. It was amazing. Yeah, that movie is so underrated. Yeah. I know there are a lot of people that don't like it because they feel like it's just like a Tarantino type ripoff, but to me that's uh, like way like that's just as good. Yeah, I mean if in in the realm of good Tarantino ripoffs, I would say that uh things to do in Denver when you're dead, I thought was mm-hmm. really good. Um I'm trying to think if there's any others. I mean I it took a while for Guy Ritchie to even get out of that mold, but mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but no, but that's way at the top of the pile. Yeah. Especially like the scene that uh James Caan and Benicio Del Toro have where mm-hmm. they have the conversation in the bar. That's like, yeah, it's good stuff. As good as it gets. Yeah. It's fun. And then it's of on course, Netflix. a shootout in the Mexican. 
Oh, that's on. It's on instant. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. It is. Of course, I have the DVD, so it doesn't matter to me. But there you go. Yeah, I think I'm at the end of the movies I've seen. I think I'm too. The only other stuff that. The only other stuff that I watched was like Nickelodeon Teen and World Cup Soccer. <laughs> wow. I have young nieces. How is they watch that crap? How's iCarly doing? I have no idea. Oh. How was the soundtrack for the soccer? Did it really touch you? It did. It did. It made you feel for all those fans. Mm-hmm. It did. Um actually I was I'll I'll say one thing about about the women's world cup soccer. Mm-hmm. No Vuvuzelas that yes. I, heard. I heard. I wonder if... I heard none. There's part of me that wonders if TV cameras, like if they use the technology that people had used on some of the websites to, oh, to um, remove filter them. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder ES- if they actually use that or not. ESPN was actually, I believe, using it like for some mm-hmm. of their actual live broadcasts during the Men's World Cup mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, but I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I don't remember seeing any Vuvuzelas in the crowd shots. Also, I think it was in Germany or something. So they just the Vuvuzela is verboten, strictly prohibited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by penalty of death. Pretty much. That's that's another thing I figured. But yeah, didn't really watch anything else exciting. Mm-hmm. I got my vacation on. So from, you had a, a true vacation. Yeah, I got away from from work, from Banff casting, from all of it. From yeah, work, podcast, life, everything, sobriety. It's good to take a vacation from that every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, good deal. So we got eighty-seven coming up mm-hmm. next week. Still not giving away what it nope. is. Not giving it away. Sorry, we're just afraid. You know, a last-second trumping might occur. Might occur. Yeah. And right uh, now yes. we don't have any 88 set up in the pipeline, do we? Crazy 88. Uh, we have a couple we're considering, but... Yeah, nothing set in stone. For, so yeah. we're, we're definitely thinking 88 and 89 submissions. Yeah, so go ahead. Um, send us in some 88s and 89s. Really, so that really... that we can have them queued up and yeah. we can actually run some voicemails. Really give even more thought to 1990 because... Uh, that's the golden age. That's the banner year, man. We got... We would love to pull a five jocks for 1990 because... Uh. That will set it as the year among years. Uh, would give it at least three five jocks movies, nineteen ninety. Yeah, would we? Was Arena nineteen ninety? Both of those on the wall, I believe, are. I come in peace and robot. I, well, robot jocks, I know for yeah. sure. But yeah, God, that's that's tough. That's a tough like that's a tough order, man. Mm-hmm. To be like, hey, here, what is a five jocks movie? Well, maybe we should look for posters with that color scheme. <laughs> Might be a start. <laughs> What orange and blue? Yeah, orange and blackish. Yeah. yeah, explosion. You'll find plenty of that. Yeah. But anyway, if people were to send us a voicemail or an email or something, maybe BJ can help with that. Maybe indirectly. Did you forget? Or you no, got it? of course okay. not. Okay. No. no, didn't know if you took a vacation from remembering how to contact no, my, us. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's like riding a bike. Exactly. Oh. So the website is bmfcast.com, and that's where you can get all of our updates. You can find. All of this contact info, if for some reason you forget it, bmfcast.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash bmfcast, where you can like us, and you can uh, you can post comments, and we also have all the trailers for the movies that we watch. You can also check us out for the up-to-the-minute goings-on. Sometimes we do uh, some get-together-y type stuff, and we just uh, general madness on our Twitter at twitter.com slash bmfcast. 
then you can subscribe to us in iTunes for ease of downloading our podcasts uh, every episode. Uh, you can search for us in iTunes, uh, use BMFCast or Bad Movie Fiends. So when you happen upon us in iTunes, please make sure to rate us. Five stars is what we like, but, you know, be honest, I guess. And uh, if you can, if you have just a couple minutes to throw in a couple a couple sentences worth of review, go ahead and do that, and we'd really, really appreciate it. If, if you've already done it, we might not have seen it, depending on, uh, on the region of the world. Uh, we know we have some people out in some some of the more interesting locales on our, our beautiful planet here. But uh, Yeah, and wait, speaking of that, Ryan left a really awesome review on iTunes. So thank you, know, you very buddy. Good. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it, because that was, that was a very cool review. Dude cool. basically said we were perfect and we pick awesome movies, and we're great well, to listen to. Well, he's... So you know what? He's basically right. Take Ryan's lead. Yes. <laughs> when you write a review on iTunes. When in iTunes, do as the Ryans do. Yeah. So anyway, continue, sorry. And then, the most important thing that you can ever do, um, this will win you friends and help you influence people. As you've heard earlier in the podcast, both Ed and Kurt do, you can leave a voicemail for us. How do you do that? It's simple. You pick up your telephone, or you pick up your Skype, and you dial 910-5-JOCKS-BMF, which is 910-556-9263, and then it'll pick up say a couple words, and then ask you to do the same. So I think that's about it. Works for me, man. Cool. So yeah, so join us next week for 1987. Yes. Yes. It's going to be awesome. We travel back in time next week. We travel back in time every week. Oh. In the future, we'll travel back in time. That's true. We we never watch a movie that's <laughs> newer than it's <laughs> right. been released. Right. <laughs> exactly. Huh. All right. So let's get out of here. I'm Harlow. I'm Aki. And I'm The Beach. And this is Bamcast Out. Slips might sing ships, but loose gooses take trips to San Francisco, Double Dutch Disco, Tech TV Hottie, do it for Scotty, do it for the living and do it for the dead, do it for the monsters under your bed, do it for the teenagers and do it for your mom, broken hearts hurt, but they make us strong. We won't stop until somebody calls the cops, and even then we'll start again and just pretend that nothing ever happened. We won't stop until somebody calls the cops, and even then we'll start again and just pretend that nothing ever happened.